Hello everybody, welcome or welcome back to Analyzing with Anne. That's analyzing, spelled with two N's, just like my name. No E on the end of that one there. Today we will be analyzing Season 8, Episode 1 of When Calls the Heart, titled Open Season. As usual, I will give a summary, talk about the characters, jump into interpersonal communication, and finish with my concluding thoughts. There's a lot of interpersonal communication to get through, so I will try to get through the summary and the characters really quick. So, let's get started. Alright, so our A story, the triangle, Nathan asks E out to dinner twice. Uh, Nathan's brother-in-law comes into town. Lucas catches E up on what happened after the hug, and Lucas's mother comes into town. Then we have our B story. The story is about the Flynn's having marital problems, and they both confide with the Coulters, and the Coulters help them out. Jesse and Clara are having these communication problems that have led to them bickering. Clara opens up to Rosie, and Jesse tells Lee just enough for Lee to want to help Lee and Rosie come up with a strategy to help the Flynn's. And then we have Team Infirmary back together again. They have a little bit of catch-up and explaining to do. And then we have Fiona opening up a barbershop. All right, let's get into the characters. Elizabeth is very hesitant with Nathan in this episode, but she is concerned for his safety at one point when he comes saying that he's going on a mission. However, she is still flirty with Lucas, and she will not make a decision about who he wants courting her. At the end, we see her act very cowardly as she has agreed with Nathan to go on more of a family date. Nathan tries to go to dinner, just him and her, and she tries to give an excuse not to go, and then he says, oh, well, how about the four of us go? To which she responds with, all right. As they're walking, they run into Lucas, who is greeting his mother, Helen Bouchard, who makes a comment to Elizabeth about how someone should take an interest in her writing. After that, Elizabeth decides that she's not feeling well. They're only about three steps away from the cafe, and she asks Nathan to walk her and little Jack home. Moving on to Nathan, we see Nathan has more confidence to pursue Elizabeth after that hug. He is persistent but patient about it. We also see his love for Allie in his reaction to his brother-in-law, Dylan, who is Allie's father. Dylan makes a comment that Allie is his little girl, and to which Nathan responds, Nope, she's not yours. You gave up on her a long time ago. We see Nathan willing to go to Lucas for financial help as his brother-in-law, Dylan, wants $1,000, and he will leave Nathan and Allie alone. This story, quote-unquote, ends after Nathan has tricked Dylan into ambushing him so that he can have grounds to put him away, which we do see, but I have a feeling that we have not seen or heard the last of Allie's biological father. We also notice Nathan's love for Allie as he has asked her again, checks in with her about adopting her, as they had been talking about it, and he is now really wanting to start the process in order to protect Allie and keep her from her father. Moving on to Lucas. Lucas goes to Elizabeth and admits that he felt jealous after seeing the embrace, so he left and he apologized for his behavior, which he didn't necessarily need to do, but it's okay. The one thing that I would be questioning, the whole daddy bunny comment, 
Has he helped little Jack and gotten down to his level? Just asking. We've seen Nathan in season six hold little Jack in the beginning of season eight. He gets down at little Jack's level and talks to him a little bit before talking to Elizabeth. Then he makes a comment to little Jack before he leaves. Moving on to the Coulters. We see that they care about the Flynns and their marriage. Rosie tried to help Elizabeth start making a decision, but Elizabeth is changing the subject on her. And then with the Flynns, we have major misunderstandings and miscommunication, causing frustration, fear, and anger to fester between the two of them. Then we have Team I, Faith Comes Back, driving a buckboard wagon with a man who makes some kind of flirtatious remarks to which Faith gives a little smile to before getting down. This makes Carson very concerned, and they have to talk some things out. And then lastly, we will talk about Fiona, who is starting a barbershop. Clara asks her why she's starting a barbershop when she's so good with women's hair, to which Fiona tells Clara that she wants to prove to herself that she can be a big wheel without having to throw anyone away in that process. Also, at this point, Fiona is helping in the cafe. Moving on to interpersonal communication, the situation where Rosemary asks Elizabeth a very good question after Elizabeth confides in Rosemary and tells her that Lucas had visited her and said that he left because he had seen Elizabeth embrace Nathan and felt jealous, to which Rosemary asks a very, very good question. Did he have reason to be? She tries to further probe Elizabeth into sorting out her feelings and to figure out whom she should let court her, but Elizabeth just changes the subject again. I liked this question and how Rosemary really tried to get Elizabeth to think. I thought this was done very well. If we've seen this series since season six, you know that Elizabeth has been pretty much enjoying these men's compliments and the attention of these two men for a while. After almost two years of enjoying the attention of both men, it's long overdue for her to make a decision to avoid whoever doesn't get chosen getting even more hurt in the process. I'm glad that Rosemary is trying to help her. Rosemary is actually very good at finding the correct questions to ask to help people in these type of situations. Rosemary knows the questions to ask help them find their answer instead of just telling them all the time even though sometimes she will give her advice in the situation but she's also very good at asking these questions to get people to figure some things out for themselves moving on to the Coulter's advice to the Flynn's we hear Rosemary tell Lee that she's going to basically give Clara advice to allow Jesse some time to relax and unwind after work before trying to spend time with him. Lee is having a hard time getting Jesse to talk. So he decides to take Jesse out to where him and Clara shared their first kiss. The way he does it is really good. He has Jesse close his eyes before he takes him there. Then as he's moving him over to that spot, he is telling him to remember Clara on their wedding day and how she looked, her laughter, how his heart beat as he watched her walk down the aisle, and then tells him to open his eyes once he gets there, to which Jesse opens his eyes and sees the flowers. He remembers 
that this is the spot where him and Clara shared their first kiss. And he softly says that he said he swore he would never forget that. Then Lee gives one of the best quote-unquote speeches, if you could call it an actual speech, but one of the best set of lines ever spoken in this whole series. Love isn't just a feeling or an emotion. It's a choice. And your marriage is a commitment you choose to renew every single day. Open your eyes to the flowers and you'll see them. Choose love, then you feel it. This has to be one of the best life lessons drawn from the series thus far as a lot of the time when they're talking about love and following your heart, it tends to be a little bit more sugar-coated. This is telling of a deeper truth that love is not just a feeling. Feelings and emotions are going to wear away. Love is a choice. It's a verb that has to be carried out and renewed daily in a marriage. Since we are on the topic of love, I want to move into love languages here. In the Flynn situation, where there was a misunderstanding of the other one's needs, after a long day's work, Jesse needed time to relax and unwind after the day, while Clara needed quality time with Jesse after her long day. From the pieces that I could put together about what was going on is that Clara was probably not understanding that Jesse needed time to relax so she was trying to get him to talk and interact with her right when he got through the door this eventually got on his nerves and instead of telling Clara hey I need some time to rest and relax after I come through the door I'll sit and talk with you when I'm ready he probably ended up lashing out after penting up a lot of anger and frustration in the issue, which then probably caused Clara to get even more frustrated with the situation if she was the one that was initially frustrated, which is possible, and all that escalated to them bickering whenever they were together. All is to say, they really do need to learn their love languages to help them communicate to each other. Speculating from the past seasons we have seen Jesse been adamant about getting Clara perfect gift way back in season three before they seemed to be officially courting Jesse had mentioned that he wanted to make more money so he could buy his girl lots of nice things at the beginning of season five in the Christmas special he had worked for Dottie to be able to pay for a pair of gloves with embroidery that Clara really liked not embroidery stitching sorry stitching that Clara really liked then in a Christmas movie, we did into season six, we saw him get tickets. Well, he asked Lee to give him tickets, but I'm assuming that he paid Lee back or it came out of his payroll. But he had gotten them tickets to go see the Nutcracker, which we learned that he had found out she had always wanted to go to. It seems as if Clara's love language is probably more quality time, which would explain why she got so upset with Jesse for wanting to read instead of spend time with her after a long day. Lee and Rosemary needed to push him in the direction where they knew what the other one needed so that they could get to the bottom of what was really going on and why they were bickering. Moving on to a very big topic, personal responsibility. We saw this displayed really well between Clara and Jesse. 
this was my favorite scene in the whole episode where they both owned up to what they had done that added fuel to their fire as Jesse had picked up the daisies from the spot where him and Clara had shared their first kiss and brought them to Clara. He had said he was sorry and admitted that he had been a bear lately, to which Clara responded with, I wasn't very easy either, owing that she wasn't very helpful in the situation and pulled out a book that she had bought him to go with the series. I'm assuming that Jesse is reading this terrifying tales books that he's reading. She pulls that out and suggests that they go and relax. And then Jesse makes a comment as long as they're together and then kisses her hand. I thought that whole scene was really cute and I liked how they both owned up to the fact that they were both doing things that were making the other one feel frustrated and angry. This is more of the interpersonal slash family communication where when there is a problem, it really helps with both sides, but at least one side has to be willing to admit what they did to hurt the other person or that fueled the fire because it takes two to tango. So if one does something to frustrate another person, which from what I can tell is probably what had happened between Jesse and Clara. And it was a good thing that both of them admitted to what they did wrong. That's ultimately the better situation instead of just having one person but it's best to always admit when you've done something wrong in the situation regardless of if the other one admits what they did wrong even if you're 10% and they're 90% at fault it helps when there's admission of being in the wrong or have done something to fuel a fire we see Lucas take his responsibility for his actions which were very understandable from my perspective they were very understandable and I don't think he needed to necessarily apologize but it was good that he took responsibility for his feelings of jealousy that had gotten the worst of them. He had left town in the beginning where they show him leaving. He kind of gives Elizabeth a little bit of a cold look, but that's very understandable. Well, as Elizabeth learns, the audience already knew, but Elizabeth learns that he had seen her embrace Nathan, which made him feel very jealous. We also saw how hurt he felt or had felt. It looks like he was still feeling a bit hurt by the circumstance when he was talking about Elizabeth embracing Nathan, but he owned up to probably being a little bit rude instead of not telling her anything in that situation. However, I am not seeing Elizabeth take any responsibility for her own actions. From embracing Nathan to going out of town with Lucas on an incognito date. This is also why she is in an awkward situation with Lucas and his mother Helen and Nathan Allie. She had given Lucas false hope by flirting and going along with him on one of his incognito dates. Now we see her giving Nathan false hope after that hug. Then she hesitantly, but she did it without trying to explain what was really going on in her mind, what she was really sorting out. She was agreeing to dinner with Nathan and Allie. As a result of this, we never really hear her own up to her part in any of this. She has made some not very responsible decisions in this. I think she's been brooding in her own self-pity. Then with the whole Nathan thing back in season seven, she didn't really seem to own up up to the fact that maybe going out of town overnight, even though they were in separate rooms, they were still in the same hotel, which back then would have been a no-no, but apparently these days anything goes. I don't know where the writers and directors are going with this because they had issues with people having issues about the time period and this being a no-no. Back on track, 
if Elizabeth wanted to at least maintain a friendship with Nathan, I think she needed to have a hard apology instead of saying, I see how things looked from your perspective. I think she should have owned up more to that was not the best idea and should have apologized for that. And she really didn't apologize for that. If she wasn't clowning around and joined special attention from both men, she wouldn't be in this situation that she is now. And it wouldn't be so awkward because now she has Lucas and his mother. Plus, Lucas's mother is helping her get her book published. So that adds to that awkward situation. And now she has Nathan and his niece, Allie. He's teaching his niece, Allie. So that adds another awkward situation. This is why she really needs to stop brooding and start figuring out out who she wants to be courted by. If she feels like she can't move on right now because of Jack, she needs to just come out and tell both men that. Actually, she needs to come out and tell both men where their friendship stands and what is actually going on instead of being silent about it, which she is because she's not doing anything about it apparently right now. All right, moving on to concluding thoughts. Is E entitled to know every detail of both Lucas and Nathan's life? Remember, she isn't in an official courtship with either of them. Piggybacking on that, is she also entitled to know Nathan's Mountie business, or any Mountie's business for that matter? Let me see. They are not courting, plus she is not trained in Mountie work. She doesn't know all the details that come with the job. This really needs to be an area where she needs to butt out. If there's something important that she needs to know, Nathan will let her know. She just needs to trust that Nathan's going to use judgment in what he tells her and doesn't tell her. I say that in the response to Nathan's secrets, especially where Allie's father is concerned. At this point, that's really none of Elizabeth's business. Like I said, she's not in a courtship with him. So why audience members are thinking that she's entitled to know all this information, I don't believe she is entitled. I don't believe she's entitled to know every little detail of Lucas's life either. With Team Infirmary, I'm not so sure about their relationship right now. They had some cute scenes, but it was really weird when Faith came into town. Not the fact that she came into town riding on a buckboard, but just how the guy that she had caught a ride with was talking about her. That's not how a guy that should be talking about her when she's seen someone else. Brett was giving her some compliments, and I'm like, mm, not so sure about that. Faith and Carson's relationship suddenly seemed just a little bit off, but I'm willing to wait until at least mid-season to see how things are playing out between the two of them before deciding what I think about their relationship. I enjoyed the Molly and Bill scenes. I thought they were hilarious, and I can't wait to see what more shenanigans is in store for these two. I definitely noticed more of the Florence and Ned Yost. A lot of this was done non-verbally through the looks that they were giving each other. So it kind of gives me this idea that something was going on there. And I noticed that Hickam had a little bit of a smile when he was talking to Fiona saying thank you for her bringing out his breakfast. I have heard about Hickam having a crush on a lady in town. Other people who have covered this in their podcast, have thrown out that it's probably Hickam and Fiona. I'm not so certain how I feel about that. It could be really cute, but I'd have to see that play out before I would make any decisions on that. I loved what I'm going to call the Team Fiera moments between Fiona and Clara. 
one of the really funny moments was when they were leaving to go paint the inside of Fiona's barbershop and Bill was on to them leaving together and they both responded in unison to what he was saying. No, we're not leaving together. I thought that was really cute to show the sisterhood between those two. I also loved that we saw supporting characters such as Faith, Fiona, and Clara all together at the barbershop. I thought that was a nice touch. I love seeing supporting characters, the ones that aren't necessarily the leads, together in a scene without one of the leads. That's always fun to watch them and to see that they have a relationship outside of the leading characters in the show. It shows that the show is able to run without the leads in every single scene. I really enjoyed seeing classy culture, the Flynns and the Coulters. I thought that story was really well done. It was a highlight for me. I like seeing that mentorship between those two couples. Now that you have a couple in town that's been married quite a few years, now you have the younger couple that's just gotten married. I think that's going to be a really good dynamic to add to the relationships in Hope Valley. My favorite scene was the scene where Jesse and Clara apologized and exchanged their gifts. One little Easter egg that I had remembered back from season two after Clara had gone on a date with Luke McCoy was that Luke had brought her daisies and she had made the comment that they were her favorite flower. Then I forgot about this until I had heard about it on Artie's Hotline, which is another podcast you should check out if you want to hear a lot of commentary on When Calls the Heart, was that she also had Daisy in her hand in the scene where we see Clara and Jesse share their first kiss. The one little thing that could have made that scene really, 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 really good. Not that it wasn't really good. I thought it was excellent the way it was handled. The one little thing that the writers could have done was to have a little bit of dialogue for Clara where she made a verbal nod to Daisy's being her favorite flower. I think that's what the writers may have been nodding to with the Daisies. I just don't think a ton of audience members, unless they're specifically Team Classy fans, are going to pick up on that. It's kind of a little obscure and not as noticeable. So I would have liked to have had that verbal nod so that when you watch back in season two, you hear Clara make the comment, oh, these are her favorite flowers. It would have been a really good nod to that if it was another verbal statement. But other than that, I thought it was excellent. As far as predictions go, really quick, I've alluded to this earlier. I don't think we are done with Allie's father. I think he's going to make adoption really difficult for Nathan. I have also heard that Nathan apparently has an inquest or inquiry or some summons type of thing that he has to attend to. I'm guessing that Allie's father, Dylan, has something to do with that. So I do not think that we are done with Dylan. A lot of the other stuff I feel is kind of self-explanatory. With the open season, they kind of tease we'll have another full year of the love triangle, which is going to be loads of fun for most of us. And then we'll probably see a lot of the team classy culture dynamic. Clara and Jesse are probably going to have moments where their marriage is going really well. And then all of a sudden they have a problem and they have to go to Lee and Rosemary to get some help. 
We'll see where TMI's relationship is going to go. I don't know where that is going to go. I hope it ends at least with an engagement as they have been courting for a while, but we will see. I'm looking forward to hearing more about Fiona and her barber shop and seeing if there's a romance for her as a part of this. She's very business-minded, so I don't know if that's going to be a major plot line for her, but it'll be interesting to see if anything happens, especially between her and Hickam, but we'll see. That is where my predictions lie. Not very specific. At this point, I feel like a lot of clues are leading towards an Elizabeth and Nathan pairing, but I'd rather wait till later on in the season to give more commentary on that. All right, so that is everything. I now have access to my parlor account, and that is capital A, lowercase M as in monkey, riddle, R-I-D-D-L-E-8, A-M riddle 8 with a capital A. You can also find me on Clout Hub, and this is a lowercase a riddle 22. You can also find me on fanfiction.net. I have a story titled The Flint's Play Matchmaker that is on there. And my username is capital A, and then lowercase letters for the rest of this, red, R-E-D, riddle, R-I-D-D-L-E, 22. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. Enjoy the rest of your day.